morning and welcome back to the text TXT series. Uh, we've been going through this now uh, for a couple of months off and on as we've been looking at some of the most powerful and impacting uh, verses and or scriptures in the Word of God. Now, uh, certainly if you were to take and preach Every verse or every scripture, uh, we just you start with Genesis and work all the way through Revelation because God's word is powerful. But we've been highlighting some different scriptures and highlighting some different themes. And uh, today, I want to invite you to turn with me to Mark chapter nine. So go ahead uh, in your Bible, uh, maybe in uh, a cell phone or tablet uh, digitally, but find your way to Mark chapter nine. And uh, we're going to kind of cover a handful of verses before our main text and then look at a few other ones. But just to kind of give you an overview of what's taken place in Mark chapter 9, this deals with the transfiguration of Jesus Christ. He had Peter, James, and John, uh, three of that inner circle, if you would, of disciples uh, that he had on the mountain with him. Transfiguration, Jesus, uh, in a sense, he, he was shining, he was glowing, his, his clothes were bright white, and Moses and Elijah met and talked with Jesus. Can you imagine being Peter, James, and John? Having that connection or having that opportunity where you are with Jesus and you see, but not that you necessarily know by, uh, by photos or anything, but in the conversation, you hear them talking and it's Moses Elijah and Jesus. And so Peter, uh, who many times like us can tend to kind of put his foot in his mouth, right? He speaks up. He says, hey, Jesus, we ought to make three, you know, three booths, three tabernacles, three dwellings. Uh, yeah, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. I mean, and then the scripture says he really didn't know what to say. You ever been there? You don't know what to say, but you feel like you should say something. So you just, you just start speaking and hope that, you know, your tongue catches up with, you know, your brain. And then you realize you, you probably should have not said anything. So that Peter kind of messed up a little bit. But in the midst of that, uh, this cloud appears and the voice of the Lord from heaven, the voice of God speaks and says, this is my beloved son. Listen to him. I mean, this, this is a pretty powerful opportunity. The transfiguration, Jesus glowing, Moses, Elijah, the voice of God, cloud. Verse 14, when he had came to his disciples, he saw a great multitude around them and scribes disputing with them. In other words, when Jesus and the three disciples kind of came down to the mountain to see the rest of the people, they went from literally a mountaintop high experience to then meeting with people and seeing some arguments taking place. So Jesus shows up. The crowd rushes to him in verse 15. It says, immediately when they saw him, all the people were greatly amazed and running to him Greeted him. Now, that word immediately, that's, that's one of the key words of Mark's gospel. It's a, a gospel of action. It is the shortest gospel between Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And he uses that word immediately a lot. So it conveys action, but it kind of conveys, you know, something taking place from this scene to this scene. Immediately this happened. Verse 16, Jesus then asked the scribes, what are you discussing with them? Then one of the crowd answered and said, Teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit. 
Wherever it seizes him, it throws him down, foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. So the father of this boy, as a boy with a mute spirit, he'd gone to the disciples. They were praying. They were, they were you know, looking to allow the power of God to heal and to touch this boy, but nothing was taking place. If you recall a little bit earlier in the scriptures, Jesus had sent out uh, disciples and sent out some of his followers and, and given them authority, uh, allowed them to be able to, to pray and be able to uh, see the power of God work in hearts and lives and bodies, and yet nothing was taking place here. So we're going to drop down to kind of that main verse or main text for today is Mark 9, 23. And we'll fill in a few of the verses kind of uh, before that. But Jesus said to him, Jesus is speaking to the father, the father who has a heart for his son, the father who sees that there's this massive need, he speaks to him and says, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Let me say that again. All things are possible to him who believes. Now, the disciples, they struggled. They could not cast this out. And no doubt the, the father, maybe he's even questioning whether Jesus could. I mean, the followers were followers of Jesus. If the followers couldn't do anything, what about Jesus? Did Jesus have that power? But he's sincerely going to the Lord, and Jesus says that all things are possible to him who believes. Do you believe that he has the power to meet your need, to meet your situation, to meet what it is that you are facing in your life today? So we're going to spend a, a little bit of time kind of filling in the verses uh, of Scripture here. And because all things are possible, as Jesus said, we're going to take a look at maybe a few steps or maybe a few principles that you and I can follow. Because I would venture to say that there are situations in your life that you don't want to be there. Physical, financial, emotional, spiritual, relational. And you're saying, much like this father said, can you help? Can you do something, Jesus? All things are possible to him who believes. So because all things are possible, number one, bring your needs to Jesus. Bring your needs to Jesus. Look at it in verse 19. It says, he, meaning Jesus, answered him and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him, bring this boy, bring the son to me. Verse 20. Then they brought him to him. They brought the son to Jesus. And when he saw him, when he, when the boy saw Jesus, immediately the spirit convulsed him. He fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. How's that for a kind of a shift? If you're one of those three disciples, Peter, James, and John, and, and you were on the mountain, and, and you saw Jesus transfigured, and you saw Moses, and you saw Elijah, and they're talking and conversing, and you hear God the Father's voice, you go from that massive spiritual high, now you're, you're seeing this evil spirit that's controlling the Son. 
What's interesting is it says when he, meaning when the boy saw him, that the spirit convulsed him. The spirit, the evil spirits, the, the dark side, if you would, Satan and his, his minions, they know who Jesus is. They know the power that he has. Do you and I realize that? Sometimes we don't necessarily realize the power that he has. We're trying to go every other place to, to find strength and power to meet our needs, but we've got to bring our needs to Jesus Christ. Now, maybe this isn't exactly your situation. I mean, this is a, a pretty specific thing about a, a boy, uh, this, this evil spirit that's controlling and convulsing him. But I would venture to say, in a place like this, with people from all different walks of life, you are experiencing something in your life. You might be going through some physical issues. You might be going through some financial challenges. You might be facing some uh, emotional or, or spiritual battles or re relational uh, situations in your life. No matter what it is that you face, no matter what it is that I face, I want to encourage you and I want to remind me that we can bring our needs to Jesus. Whatever the need is, that first thing and best thing is to bring it to Him, right? Yet many times, if, if we're being honest, we can tend to go to everyone or every other individual. And maybe it's not so much that we neglect Jesus, uh, but sometimes we go to other things first. Let's go to Jesus. Let's bring our needs to Him. It doesn't matter if it's physical or financial. Let him know, yes, there are other people who God can use and God can guide and God can provide. Uh, maybe someone who will pray with you for healing or, or maybe someone who will try to help brainstorm ways to, to help out financially. Or maybe there's someone in a position that's, that's able to help uh, uh, maybe mend some of those relationships. Uh, there are a lot of people, a lot of resources that God puts into our lives but let's make sure that we go to him first. Amen? We can bring our needs to Jesus. Be reminded, he knows certainly the things that we're facing. And so when we bring our needs to him, we're not going to surprise him. Trust me. You're not going to surprise Jesus. As you, as you bring your need and you say, Lord God, Look at, look at what's taking place in my body or look at what's taking place in this family member or look at the financial situations that I'm facing, I guarantee he, he's not going to, to turn and, and spiritually speak and look at you and say, oh, wow, what happened there? I had no idea. Jesus knows exactly what you are going through. He knows, he loves, and he cares about you. So this father who cares so much about his son, he brought him to the disciples, and they, they weren't able to, to do anything with him. But he, he came to Jesus, and then in Jesus' instruction, he said, bring the boy. And he came and he brought the boy, and just the mere presence of Jesus Christ caused something to take place in the supernatural. Isn't that good news? 
The power of God, the, the very presence of Jesus Christ caused this spirit to convulse and, and caused him to make the boy do these certain things by wallowing and convulsing and falling on the ground, foaming at the mouth. I want to encourage you today, whatever it is that you're facing, to bring your needs to Jesus. We don't have to wait until a Sunday. We don't have to wait until an opportunity to see, uh, you know, does a pastor or does a leader uh, give an opportunity for a specific need? You can write them on a prayer request card here at the church. You can, you can let somebody know. If it happens during the week, you can go right to God. Go to him in prayer. Bring these needs to Jesus. So many times we think that, well, we can just, we can handle it by ourselves. We tend to kind of overestimate maybe what we can do. And sometimes we think that the need is so small, I won't bring it to Jesus. You ever been there? I don't want to worry him with this because some of you are like that with your family, right? I, I don't want them to know what's been going on with my body physically uh, because it's not that big of a deal. So, Sometimes it's, it's so small, we don't want to let people know, and it's so small, we don't really bring our needs to Jesus, because why would he be concerned about my hangnail? Why would he be concerned about my this or my that? We think it's kind of small. But on the flip side, sometimes we don't do that with the big things either. We don't let family or friends know about some of the big things, because we don't want to alarm them. We don't want to concern them. We don't want them to worry about us, right? Sometimes that happens with God. Not that we don't want to alarm or worry, but sometimes it's almost we feel like it's so big, can I really bring it to him? And I want to encourage you today. I want to encourage you today to bring your need, small or large, bring it to him. He's concerned about it all. We've seen uh, through the many years, uh, we've worked with children, worked with youth, young adults, adults, and in the midst of prayer request times, uh, for those of you who've worked with kids, you get a lot of prayer requests from kids. Now, to an adult, they seem really little, right? To an adult, uh, you know, you're, you're facing financial challenges and many times uh, physical problems and, and you're, you're talking about life-changing issues at work and you hear a little child, uh, you know, talking about uh, their stub toe and their little boo-boo. And if you're not careful as an adult, you think, well, that has nothing to do with the real world. But that is the real world for the kid. That simple little prayer request, and they've got the faith to say, if I stubbed my toe and my teacher or my leader prays with me, I'm going to bring my need to God because I believe he can do something about it. All things are possible. So whatever needs you might have, big or small, and certainly there's a lot of things in between, be encouraged to bring your need to Jesus. Take it to him in prayer. Uh, invite somebody else to, to pray with you, to join in with you. Uh, God might lead or guide or direct you to some other people uh, that will help in, in maybe some of the financial area or in the relational area or, or God to work. But know that we can bring our needs to Jesus. Second, because all things are possible then, we must focus on his power. 
focus on his power. Verse 21, Mark chapter 9, Jesus asked the father, how long has this been happening to him? The father said, from childhood. Often he has thrown them both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Help us. You and I, as we bring our needs to Jesus, we do so not just because he wants us to, not just because he cares, not just because he knows what we're going through, but we bring it to him because we can focus on his power. He's got the power and he's got the resources to meet your need. That's good news. Now, Jesus knew the situation Jesus, you know, it's almost like the, the doctor, you, you've been to the doctor, right? And the, the doctor says, well, well, tell me about what's going on. And, you know, where does it hurt? And he, he starts poking and prodding. And, you know, does this hurt? Does this hurt? Ah! Did that hurt? It's not as if the, uh, Jesus was needing to ask these questions to try to figure things out. Jesus is all-knowing. But he's asking the Father here, how long has it been happening? And tell me a little bit about it. He's, he's allowing the Father to share how, how impacting, how dire this situation is. It was pretty consuming, right? I mean, if, if your son or your daughter is, is faced like this and, and you see from childhood thrown into the fire or thrown into the water, saying he's like trying to destroy him, the father is basically saying, I'm doing all I can, but it seems like the enemy wants to destroy. That's because that's what the enemy does want to do. Elsewhere in the word of God, remember, Jesus said, I am come that they might have life. That's what Jesus has come to do. But what did he say about the thief, the enemy? The thief has come to steal and kill and destroy. The enemy's out to, to wreck and to ruin and to destroy lives. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So we're to focus on God, focus on his power, as opposed to certainly the, the situation that we face. So, so many times we look at the situation, it's big, it's massive, it's overwhelming, and we forget to look at, we forget to focus on God and his power. Where's, where's our focus this morning? Is it on him? Is it on his power? Or is it on the, the situation that we face? We, we focus on his power and not our limited resources. I mean, if you come right down to it, uh, the many things that we face, most of the time, we don't have the resources able to meet the need. That's why it's such a need. We don't have the finances to pay the bills. That's why there's a need. We don't know how in the world this body is going to be healed. That's why there's a need. We don't know how in the world that this relationship is going to be mended. That's why there's a need. But we can focus on God and focus on his power because he's the one that has the resources. I mean, you and I, there's, there's certain things we, we can do. There's, there's certain abilities that we have and skills that we have. But when it comes to providing, when it comes to healing, when it comes to uh, restoring, we're not able to do all of those things. We, we don't have all the wisdom. We don't have all the skills. We don't have all the resources. But guess who does? Take it to God. Bring those needs to Jesus. And then focus on his power. 
He's the one that's able to meet your need. He's the one who's able to encourage when you feel down and discouraged. He's the one who's able to physically heal the bodies or walk you through those challenging situations. He's the one able to mend and restore relationships. He's the one who's able to help at work or home or school or wherever it might be. Focus on God's power. Not the situation at hand, not our limited resources. Focus on God. Focus on how big and how powerful He is and not so concerned maybe about the size of our faith. It's God who's going to do the work. We, we pray and we trust and know that He's able to do it. Now, Matthew's gospel mentions a very similar situation. And remember, Matthew talks about the faith of a mustard seed, a tiny mustard seed. He he didn't say you've got to have the faith of a mustard tree or the faith of an oak tree, a faith of a mustard seed. In other words, a tiny little amount. Have a little bit of faith in a mighty and in a powerful God. And in Matthew's gospel, he said, you would be able to speak to the mountain and cast it into the sea. I'd love to see that, right? To have just a little bit of faith, not in me, but in a mighty and a powerful God, that with him all things are possible. The, the mustard seed, they measured, it's, it's about one 20th of an inch. So you'd have to line 20 of them up side by side just to get an inch. 240 of them just to equal a ruler. It's, it's small, probably the, the smallest seed of the day. And Jesus is saying, even if you've got just a little bit of faith in me, know that all things are possible. You and I get discouraged. And sometimes we look at small things, and, and small things can be considered to be not so valuable. We, we tend to like bigger and better in the United States. I mean, a small fry is good, but a large fry, that's better. A small ice cream cone is kind of tasty, but who wouldn't mind having a large ice cream cone? I mean, uh, a small glass of Dr. Pepper, icy cold, that's good. But why not a jumbo-sized doctor? I mean, are you with me? Come on now. We like a lot of stuff. And so sometimes when we think about little things or small things, we, we think they're really not that important. And Jesus is saying, listen, it's not about the size. It's not whether you've got this massive faith. He just says, Even if you have a little bit of faith, it's not about how much faith you have, but who is the faith in? The faith is in Jesus. We bring our needs to Jesus. We focus on Jesus. Our trust is in Jesus. God can take that that small amount of faith and do an incredible miracle. True faith in God can do big things because our faith is placed in a big God. When we focus on our big God, then we're not so worried about our big mountain, our big distraction, our big difficulty that takes place in our life. It doesn't matter how big that problem is. Have 
even a small amount of faith in a big God and see him do amazing things. Don't fear that big mountain. Don't fear that big situation. Don't fear that that big uh, difficulty that's in your life. Put your trust and focus on him. Focus on God. In comparison to God, nothing's big. Nothing is big. Yes, according to us, there are situations that we face that are mammoth. There are some physical situations that we have faced or maybe that you are facing or maybe in the future we will face. Heart situations and cancer situations and hospitalizations. There's so many things that are very real and we say, how can I face them? We focus on God. Well, we're going to bring our needs to him. We're going to focus on him and his power. He's able to heal or he's able to provide or he's able to mend and restore relationships. Because all things are possible, we bring our needs to Jesus. We focus on his power. Number three, we believe he can answer. Check it out. Verse 23, Jesus says, If you can believe all things are possible, to him or her who believes. Verse 24, immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. I believe. The, the father is basically coming to Jesus. He's saying, I've got some, I've got some doubts. I, I'm not sure. I, I went to your disciples and, and nothing seemed to happen. And so I'm coming to you. I don't know if it's going to be any different. And Jesus, you said if you believe. So I'm saying, help my unbelief. Help me to trust in you. Help me to focus upon you and your strength and your power. I'm not sure quite how to do that. Sometimes we kind of worry. We we believe that, uh, you know, if, if we've got any doubts, that just kind of disqualifies things from happening. Doubts can be very real. Doubts can be very normal, if you would. We think about such a, a massive mountain that we face, and we wonder. We sometimes doubt. Can this body be healed? Can this financial need be met? Can this situation be mended or repaired? We wonder, we doubt. Let's believe. Let's put our faith and put our trust in him and use that faith that we have, even though it might be small and tiny like a mustard seed. He seemed to have doubts. He he was doubtful because the disciples couldn't do it, and he comes to Jesus. He's not so sure but he saw Jesus do the miraculous, right? Just the, the very presence of Jesus caused something physically in his body uh, based on that evil spirit. And he began to act on that faith, even though it might have been small. Believe that he can answer. This doesn't come down to, sometimes we say, well, uh, logically speaking, here's what I can do. Or logically speaking, here's what somebody else can do. God can do things that just blow away our logic. He can do the mighty. He can do the miraculous. He can do the supernatural. Trust and believe for him to do this. So let's take a look at what did Jesus do. Verse 25 Jesus saw that the people came running together. He rebuked 
the unclean spirit, saying to it, Deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. Then the spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly, and came out of him, and he became as one dead, so that many said he is dead. Jesus took him by the hand, lifted him up, and he arose. You want to talk about power. Not just power to, to heal and mend bodies. Not just power to provide finances. Not just power to, to help and to encourage when we're down and discouraged. This is power over everything on the unclean spirit world, anything in, in the enemy, Satan, or anything associated with him. The mere presence of Jesus caused that evil spirit to respond. And now Jesus literally spoke. This was not, you know, WrestleMania. This, this was not, you know, some kind of physical battle. Jesus simply spoke the words. You want to talk about power? That's Jesus. That's the one that we can bring our needs to. That's the one whom we can focus on because he has the power. He has the power to meet your needs, physical, financial, or otherwise. And as a result of uh, that evil spirit leaving, it, it says that uh, he, the boy became as one dead. They, they thought he was dead. And Jesus went, took him by the hand, and lifted him up. Believe that Jesus can answer. Believe that the, the need you bring to him can be met in him. How incredible is that? To see that the mountain that we face, the, the situation uh, that maybe, maybe it's been in our lives for a long time. When he comes and he meets that need and he heals or he provides or he strengthens or he encourages or he guides, whatever the case might be, it's powerful to see what Jesus does. Believe that he can answer. It's because all things are possible. Bring your needs to Jesus. Focus on his power. Believe that he can answer. And finally, Jesus encourages us to pray and fast. Verse 28 to 9. When he had come into the house, the disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? That's a, that's a natural question, right? You're one of the disciples. You're this follower of Jesus. He has equipped you. He's empowered you to go out and do miracles, and many of them had been done. And here the man comes with his son, and, and they're trying and, and they're seeking to cast this evil spirit out, and, and nothing was able to take place. Why could we not cast it out? Jesus answered in verse 29, he said to them, this kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting. You ever wonder maybe how many problems it is that we've put up with? How many problems that have defeated us or discouraged us or sidetracked us that could simply be removed and whipped and disappear if we take them to the Lord in prayer? Sometimes we're, we're trying to handle everything on our own. Bring it to Him. Bring it to Him in prayer. Pray and 
fast. He said, this kind. Whether it was specifically about uh, uh, the spiritual battle, uh, this evil spirit, or, or what, we know that there are certain things. Jesus says, listen, prayer and fasting are keys to seeing God work. Godly prayer and fasting releases that spiritual breakthrough power. We, we see Jesus throughout many places in Scripture that he got away and he spent time praying to the Father. There's one who really didn't need to do that. He is a part of the Godhead, a part of the Trinity. It would be him, and yet he was developing that as that discipline. You and I can pray and fast. It seems to indicate that he had been even fasting potentially in, in advance of this. He was ready for whatever came. Fasting is that act of giving up something. Many times it's food or other items that we give up over a, a period or a process of time in order to focus on God. At different times, we've encouraged prayer and fasting. Many times uh, a week in January, we'll join in with some of the other Assemblies of God churches from across the nation and a National Assemblies of God prayer and fasting weekend. And we've done that on other occasions, challenging and encouraging as well. For some, maybe it's, it's fasting a meal. And instead of eating breakfast or eating lunch or eating dinner, uh, it's going to be time spent with God and time spent in His Word, time spent in prayer. Sometimes it's, it's fasting a day or fasting uh, several days. Sometimes it's fasting, uh, maybe giving up certain activities, and instead of doing them, I'm going to spend the time with God. But whether it's food or other things, we're giving something up to focus on God, spend time with Him. It's an act of humility. It helps us to stay dependent on God. And it's that, that genuine display, if you would, of our desire for God. Praying and fasting. It doesn't just have to be for a, a week of prayer or a special emphasis. It, it could be something that we do on a regular basis in our life and our spiritual walk with God. What mountain do you need to move? What situation seems to be in your life? What barrier, what what? What challenge have you faced or are you facing that you need God to move, to hear, to answer, to heal, to provide? As we've seen from this powerful text, he said, all things are possible to him who believe. And I believe as we take a look at the text, we've been encouraged to bring our needs to Jesus, to focus on his power, Believe that he can answer and pray and fast. 